So actually, I'm going to double the reading. I'm going to read verse 2 as well. But Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2 is our reading this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. So the word Genesis means beginning. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. It begins the Bible. Genesis explains the first story of this world. Genesis tells the beginning of the creation of this world and universe and the people and all the creatures in it. And Genesis begins with God. Our God is a subject. Our God is the creator. Now, as mentioned, this is the first story in the Bible that is reported. It's the beginning of creation. But let's look at B.C. Not British Columbia, not before Christ, but B.C., before creation. Creation is a beginning. It is a beginning as far as humanity, as far as we we know it. Yet it's not the beginning for God. God, who is a subject, who is the creator of the story, he's a subject of the story, he's eternal. And now, if you're anything like me, this is going to perhaps boggle your mind a little bit. And maybe we just have to let it be. That's where we allow our faith to kick in. You see, God doesn't have a beginning or an end. So he was here, or whatever here is, before the creation of this world. God created, or rather, God existed before the beginning. He wasn't created. He has always been. Revelation 1, verse 8, we read these words. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 22, 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Psalm 90, verse 2, a psalm from Moses. We read these words. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is God before time. God is God B.C., before creation. Now we think in minutes, in hours, in days, years, centuries, etc. We think in time. So the term for us, beginning, starts at zero time. So that's when it begins for us. And logically and and mentally, that's how we work things. But God was here before zero time. And God has no limits. He has no time. And that's what eternal means. God is everlasting. He's infinite. And time and space does not mean to God what it means to us. And we can't fathom nothing at all around us. But again, God is eternal, and God has always existed, and God has been here before the beginning. God has been here before anything was created. Again, for me, it's mind-boggling. In the beginning gives us, it gives us something to start with. But knowing that God was always present, he is the beginning and the end. 
He has no beginning and he has no end. God was here B.C., before creation. So as we said, God is the subject and the author of this verse and the whole, whole Bible. Genesis 1, verse 1 is a declaration that God created. And what follows is the details of what he created. But verse 1 declares what the creator God did. The creator God did a divine act. Because it is God-initiated act with a divine purpose. Again, God, as a subject, creates out of nothing. Now, we are creators as well. As we heard, we are made in God's image. We are creators as well. But we create out of something. But God spoke. And things came into being. In fact, God spoke... And heavens and earth were created. God created the heavens and the earth. In many languages, this phrase, heavens and the earth, is, is used to mean a totality. That means God created the big, he created the little, he created all, he made everything. God created everything from what was there. Nothing. He spoke. And the heavens and the earth were created. Now, also in the Hebrew language, there are different names for God. A common name that's often used is Yahweh or Jehovah. Jehovah is often used with referring with the covenant that God has with Israel, Yahweh. Other names of God are Lord, Adonai, El Shaddai. But in Genesis 1 verse 1 and 32 other times in Genesis, the word Elohim is used for God. And Elohim is a Hebrew word that refers to creator God. Elohim emphasizes God's power and his majesty, those characters that God has. And the word Elohim means God. And this word is not specific to Israel's God, such as Yahweh is or Jehovah. But this word, Elohim, refers to the God, the creator God, the God of the whole universe and the world. The God in 3 verse 16 who loved the world. The Elohim, it's used in, in, in 3.16, John 3.16. The Elohim who loved the world. God created the world and he loved the world he created. When God speaks, something miraculous happens. And God speaks the world into being through his power, through his majesty, through his word. God created the world. Now, he didn't need us to create the world. He did this, and we are part of his creation. And we are created to bring glory to our God. We are created to receive his love. And, like any relationship, to respond in his love. So through God's power and majesty and creativity, he brought everything into existence from darkness, from emptiness, from nothing. And he brought humanity into existence. And when God was finished, he saw everything that he created, and God saw that it was very good. That comes from verse 31. A perfect God created a perfect world. Of course, it's going to be very good. What perfect creator would not love his perfect creation? God created the world not because he needed anything. We read 
He was and is and will be God. He'll be God Almighty. God created the world to share his love with creatures who are made in his image and who can respond in a relationship to his love. God created this world because he desires a relationship with this world and a special relationship with his people. And the pinnacle, the creme, de, the creme of his creation was the creation of humanity. And you know what? We know from the scriptures that the mountains and trees and birds and animals, they give God praise and glory. And humanity gives God glory and praise. And humanity are able to respond in love and a relationship with God. Psalm 8, King David talks about how humanity is the pinnacle of creation. He's crowned. Humanity is crowned with glory and honor. Now, another thing that's going on in this verse, and we're also now going to tag on verse 2, is that God created, and then we read that the Spirit hovered over the waters. The two persons of the Trinity, the Father and the Spirit, are present at creation. But then we've got to take it a step further, because we've got to look at the Bible, at the Scriptures as a whole. And then when we connect the Old and the New Testaments together, and we read in John 1, verses uh, 1 to 3, the Gospel of John in the New Testament, we read, in the beginning, there we hear that word again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. Later on in John, chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh. So the Word, in the beginning, is Jesus Christ. Again, more stuff that requires us to have faith. More mind-boggling stuff. This means that the Word, Jesus Christ, was also present in the beginning. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit were all present at creation. Well, and before creation, B.C. So this noun that I talked about, this Elohim word for God, it's actually not a singular noun. It's plural. Not referring to multiple gods, because we can read later on in Scripture, too, that uh, Scripture's clear that we serve and we worship, and there is only one God. The Israelites knew that. We know that. But multiple persons. This name, Elohim, this plural name is being used because God is one God and three persons, reflecting that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all present at the creation as God, creator God, Elohim. Now our God gives us faith and understanding for what we need to know. And I think Moses says it best in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It's not a fallback passage to whenever we don't understand anything to go to this, but I think it's an important passage to be remembered of. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. So there's secret things. There's things that only God will understand. He knows we won't even understand it. So the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed, and he reveals stuff, much stuff through his word, the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. 
See, the important thing for us is not knowing all that God knows. That's impossible. Not knowing all that God knows, but knowing that he is our triune God and being in a relationship with him. He initiates the relationship with us. We respond. So despite the mind-boggling things, I think that's the easiest concept to remember. And that is that God initiates. Genesis 1 verse 1, God created. And then throughout Scripture, God continues to reach out to his people. He created. He speaks. And when it comes to our salvation, he saves. God initiates a relationship with us. With us. He is the initiator of all things. So now we know what goes on beyond Genesis 1 and 2. What follows the creation story, it's the fall into sin. And what happens? God initiated a plan. You see, he's not only the creator God, but our triune God is a redeeming God. Ephesians 1 verse 4, we read, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, B.C., to be holy and blameless in his sight. So before creation, God already had you and myself in mind. And scripture summarizes that God chose us before creation according to his good pleasure. Our salvation was planned out B.C. God already knew before creation about my salvation and about your salvation. So just let that truth just settle in for a moment in your mind. God's sovereignty, God's power, His majesty, God's grace and mercy and love. So despite my messes, God doesn't change. Despite my messes, His love for me doesn't change. As we sang earlier through this song, uh, This is my Father's world, though the wrong seems often so strong, And the wrong in this world and the wrong in my own life, God is the ruler yet. And that does not change, folks. This is my Father's world. Including each of us. God has initiated a relationship with humanity. He did so in the beginning and even with the fall, the relationship was broken. But it was restored through the person of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, for Elohim so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And God didn't send his son to condemn the world. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And for that, God desires from us today the same that he desired in the beginning. He desires us to actively respond to him in a relationship. A relationship that he initiates and wants us to respond to. He desires us to have faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are called to love our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that's our vertical relationship. We're called to love one another, our horizontal relationship. Despite our different stories, despite our different personalities and different preferences, despite our different interpretations, despite our different ethnicities, we heard from the SALT team this morning. We all have one thing in common, and that's our one triune God. God created this world, and he initiates a relationship with us, his people. He loves you. 
Do you love him? Have you responded in a relationship with him? And if so, how has he transformed your life for him? Our God wants his people to flourish. And so in in doing so, respond in faith to all that God has done. And to respond by giving him the glory. And friends, one day God will send his son again. We have that promise in his word. And this world will be fully restored. Sin will be conquered. Death will be no more. Satan will be gone. And thank God that he is our creator, our majestic creator, our redeemer, our gracious redeemer. Thank God that he is majestic and powerful and sovereign even when our mind finds it difficult to understand it. I close off with these two familiar passages. We've heard some of the words already throughout the service, throughout the sermon. But we read again, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And then we respond with Revelation 4, 11. We heard those words as our call to worship this morning. We respond, you are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. It is by grace you have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, turn to our triune God. Glory be to our sovereign God, our creator God, and our great God. And together we say, amen. Let's pray. triune God, God who created this world and spoke this world into being. We thank you, Lord, for the amazing creation that you've given to us. We thank you for your powerful spoken word and your powerful written word. Thank you that you are our God and that we are your people. We thank you that you are sovereign and majestic and powerful. And thank you for desiring a relationship with your people. Thank you for opportunities to know you more. And Lord, even in this broken world, which is bent under the weight of sin, you have a plan and a purpose. And we look forward to that day that Christ will return and restore this world. And in the meantime, you put us on this planet, in this world, for your purpose, and to respond to bring you glory and praise. So through the power of your Holy Spirit, increase our faith. For those who have not committed to you, Lord, continue your work in them, the work that you started B.C., before creation. Bless each of us, and continue to work in each of us. And may your words and our actions and our life be a response of gratitude and thanksgiving and transformation for all that you have initiated for us. It's only in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.